that's probably the worst thing you could do is to treat everyone the same who should be treated differently. Is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalou. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, including Christopher James Lawrence. Um, hello, welcome to another great podcast. You know why I said that? Let me tell you why I said that. Because I saw your face. I saw your face when I said that. You're like, okay, hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and then me. Like, what am I on my side? Let me just tell you why I said that. And, and I cannot believe I am saying this. I cannot believe and it's being recorded. So yes, please careful. know I'm mindful of all of that. Careful. However, I feel I still need to say it. I missed you. What? I missed you. There like when with everything when we we're working from home and all the stuff and you know we were doing our thing, we were still meeting with clients, we're still working on the business, we we're doing but I actually miss our connection. I miss, you know, the 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 constant interruptions or the hey, a quick thing that I'm like, I have my mind set already on something else and you're introducing a new problem for me now that I'm going to have to pull my mind away from that thinking to this thing. But I actually miss all that. Why? Me, Why did I miss all that? Me too. I'm sorry, I didn't uh, hear you. Could you say that again? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I got I did oh, hear your sorry. mic. I just want you to repeat. It. I know. I'm just not. Paying, I'm just. I'm just not paying attention because we're talking about sensitive stuff, and I do enough of that in the day, so I'm just not listening anymore. Um, you know what? I missed you too. I still feel like I miss you, even though we get to see each other in person, masked mm -hmm. up once in a while, mm -hmm. depending on what our local laws are doing. Right. <laughs> true. True that. <laughs> I have to go through the backyard. <laughs> see you on the porch I know, yeah <laughs> the, the yeah better i have a better chance of seeing you there than <clears throat> than uh yeah. you know than than anywhere else i miss everybody yeah. i miss meeting random people on the street and smiling mm. Or even yeah. chatting, even at the grocery store, because, you know, I always, okay, here's the thing. I always make fun in just, in just that lighthearted way uh, to Christopher about the, how do you do? I always say to him, because I would be waiting on oh, something where I, I see how him do you do? <laughs> and I see him in the corner. And what I mean by that is he would be in the corner or somewhere in a store or wherever we go or in the street or at the light. It doesn't matter where it is. As long as there's another person involved, he's chatting away and I'm already down the street. I'm already walking away. I'm already at the, another side of a store. I'm looking back and I'm like, where is he? Like he was just behind me. And then I go around and I start looking and there he is talking to someone. And the, the running joke is I say to him, Really? Like, what did you say? And usually it's because he says, how do you do? Like, he's asking someone, how are you? <laughs> Hi. Like, and that's all he has to say. And then they spill their guts to him. Next thing you know, he's like, oh, yeah, did you know that this was happening? This was going on at work. And when they started in school, this is what they did throughout their life. And they had 30 years of doing this. I'm like, how the hell did you get all that from how do you do? And so that's why I always say you love a how do you do moment. I just like getting to know people and hearing their stories. And, mm -hmm. and so I just ask, though, 
like, uh, like. But you don't I even ask them to the store. You you literally just say uh, you say hi. <laughs> I do. I do a little bit. I'll be just you know like you know maybe paying a bill at a restaurant mm. or something. It's like, hey, how's it going? How's your day going? You know. And then and then I don't know. I just get these like moments where I want to ask More. a question like, "Do you like it here?" Or what do you like best about working here? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, where'd you get that t-shirt? Like, I just mm-hmm. ask questions. And then, girl, before you know it, it's like, I find out that they're taking a major at the U of C in finance and that they're not actually sure that that's what they want to do. And, you know, they grew up in Saskatchewan and went to Walter mm-hmm. Murray High School and you know, three and a half minutes later, I come back and I'm like, wow, they're a nice person. Yeah. You, you know, know and, and I, I, and I give you that, I give you that because you, what you do in those moments is you're really um, connecting to that authentic human connection. Cause that's really what it is. Cause if people I was just going to say that, if they don't feel connected authentically to you, they're not going to give you that information. No matter how many surveys, how many things people are asking you, we have our standard line, right? When someone's like, hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Like, it's just, we don't even have to think about it, right? But when they go beyond that is when we know there's an authentic connection. I get it from my mom. Because mm-hmm. my mom is like this. Like, she just walks down the street and she says hi to every person and she's got one of those smiles like she gets along with everybody if people don't get along with my mom it's usually Mm -hmm. because they've done something or maybe there's an element of being threatened or something because of who she is but she gets along with everybody you look at her disc profile and it's like she's an id but she actually cover she, she has shading into the s and the c it's mm-hmm. so rare. Like she literally has shading on both sides. It's like there's very little of that circle that she doesn't actually touch. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And so because you mentioned DISC, that for our listeners and our, uh, people watching, uh, DISC, if you've never done it, and it's D-I-S-C for those who may want to do some research, and it's small i, right? We're big fans of the real DISC, which is uh, <laughs> small i. And those people who use the other DISC well, version yeah, there's other don't versions. come for me. Yeah, yeah no, don't come for me. I'm just talking one, about this. This one comes from Wiley, and yeah. Wiley still, re- like, they, they're just continually putting research into it. So they, because as societies change, so does social research. So they do change this. It doesn't mean it's a perfect tool. There are holes that you can poke in it, but all socially based tools you can poke holes in. None of them are. And, and just thinking of this tool, what Christopher just mentioned about his mom is that, you know, we usually have minimum about three priorities, right? And these are drivers for all of us. And we all have it. I mean, there's like eight different ones, but there's three that's primary, usually what it is for us. However, based on what you just said, when you talked about shading there, it just means that she also shares priorities with other style. Although she has a particular style, she also values those things. And see, that's the thing. We all have priorities we're trying to fulfill. And sometimes that rub people the other way, you know, sometimes it rubs them the wrong way or, or may not be as conducive to you. And I think I'm, I'm curious about, as we're talking about this human, authentic human connection is if the path where we're currently on is all virtual, which is why, like I said, I missed you. I miss having you around. I miss, you know, engaging with you and just chit-chatting or just right by the water cooler. Um, how can we be, you know, and we don't have the ability to be more flexible in a work environment. How do we then promote authentic human connections that are so critical in 
in an environment where we can be more engaged, where we can be more collaborative, where we can really adapt that culture. How how can we really do that? I think that's what I'm, I'm I want to put out there. What do you I'm think? I'm going to say something about this because I I I have a couple of comments and okay. so I've got some stats here that I want to cover. But but Kyle, the truth is is that I do not believe under any circumstances you can have an authentic human connection in an organization or with friends that is purely virtual. I'm not saying you can't experience authenticity. It's the human connection part of it, where there will always be that longing and yearning to want to connect always in person because it's not the same. And everyone will have a different varying level of this, but it's not the same. I, I think that virtual workplaces are an awesome way to innovate our planet. Totally they are. But you will not, without feeling the presence of that person, I don't know if it's because of pheromones or body heat or mm-hmm. micro, you know, micro movements or whatever. Um, I think that you cannot have a true, full, human, authentic human connection without actually being face to face. You cannot yeah. cheat oxytocin or, or serotonin. Serotonin, or, yeah. And even those people who are in long distance relationship told you that too. Like even before the pandemic, before everything that was happening, people who met someone through pen pal or wherever, and Mm -hmm. they met and then they left each other's countries and they were continuing that. Even they have said it's not the same, right? So when they finally meet up again, it's when we go to that next level. Mm-hmm. And so what is the research saying about that? Well, this you... is, this is interesting. You're, I think you're exactly right. I think also, I mean, if you've ever done online dating, you ever fall in love with like a profile and, and yeah. even the converse, the text conversation, this and that. And then when you actually meet them, even video, and then you actually meet them, even phone, and then you meet them and you're like, and you see them interact with others. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's who you are, mm-hmm. right? So so here's interesting. I think that this, this survey that was done actually speaks, um, this was research done by Wally. This, this research actually speaks to exactly this concept that we're talking mm-hmm. about. 16% of workers say they'll prefer to work in the office. Okay. Um, I thought that I would actually not be in that category, but I am. I prefer working mm-hmm. in the office. Maybe it's different because it's my own company, but mm-hmm. 19% would like to continue to work remotely. I thought that number would be way higher. Totally. I think initially everyone mm-hmm. wanted to, right? Because it of makes course. sense. But then the novelty. But now it's been a year and a half off. and yeah. and the novelty and they wears realize. off. Yeah, it's and like they there are a it's lot not of, as authentic. You know, we have yeah. friendships of convenience in the workplace, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, oh, it's like, here's a friend because we're in the same place. That's not a bad thing. I have my friends outside of work, mm-hmm. right? And then I have these friendships of convenience. Some of them are authentic, real friendships. And some of them are friendships of convenience because you're in the same place at the same time and have common things. And when you leave that workplace, mm-hmm. some of those, most of those connections are not maintained, for most people right so there's friendships of convenience so this is interesting 65 percent want to split their time between working remotely and working in the office and i think if you look at that you look at the ones that want to work in the office and you look at the ones that want to split their time that's 70 81 percent 
81% of people want some form of authentic human connection in the workplace, yeah. meaning face-to-face, -face, actually yep. meeting with people, touching people, doing that. And then 19%, only 19, so less than 20% want to continue mm -hmm. to work remotely, fully remotely. Mm -hmm. And I think I think actually that that's indicative of a typical bell curve, right? That's mm -hmm. indicative of a typical bell curve. But what this does say is that more people want that human connection than those that don't. And I bet you the 19 that want to work remotely have set up some kind of situation for themselves where, where they're still getting that kind of connection. I think that workplaces need to look at this, Kyle. I think that they need to look at this. They need to look at a combination of both because that whole, if I can't see you, you're not working bullshit needs to go out yeah. the door. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I think it opens up another story around what if your job can't give this to you, but you want that? Do I stay or do I go? Do I well, love it? You, do I leave it? Yeah, um, I think there's so many factors, right? You have to look at the entire picture because it's not just about that. But if this is a really mm -hmm. big lifestyle thing, I think mm -hmm. that you need to work on negotiating to see if you can make it work. Yeah. Um, and if not, then, then yeah, if this is like in your top priorities, there would be, there will be plenty of places offering this moving forward. Yeah. I just think you just have to know that because if some people try to force that, cause we see this in, in working with clients one-to-one -one, where we try to force all the things that we're trying to desire in our own life in an organization that is just not equipped to do it right or wrong just not willing to do it, not equipped to do it, doesn't matter. I mean, they can show up how they want to to do that. And I think, you know, from a previous podcast we were talking about is you have to be clear with what it is that you want and tell your leaders, tell those other people that, right? Because if you need an authentic human connection, then what are you doing to set an environment up to make sure that happens, right? To play out. Totally agree. So what's the inspire, like, what's the invitation here, Kyle? Like, like, what are three things that people could consider or do, you know, in this thing of creating authentic human connections at work yeah. and beyond? So if, as I'm, I'm speaking to the leaders in the organization, I would say take a poll of your workplace to find out their preferences. Know for sure, right? These are some stats that we've shared that Wally has done with, you know, over um, thousands of people who, who are able to uh, be probably similar in situation who kind of voted on, but what is it in your workplace? What does it in, look like in your environment? Do you know for sure? You may have a sense, and I know some leaders may be fearful because they don't want to, they want to, ask these questions without knowing if they can and can't so they'd rather not ask the question so what i'm saying is you should know like it doesn't mean you're committing to anything so i would say number one is take a poll right understand and you could do this through one-to-one -one. you could do this through surveys you could do i mean I, to be honest with you the best way is one-to-one -one. have conversations with people and just say i'm just actually curious if you had to choose here there or a combination of the two what would it look like the second thing I would say is get an accurate picture of what changes, challenges that you're currently facing. So what's happening right now in your environment? This could be at your work organization, this could be at home. What changes or challenges that you're experiencing? Bring those things up to the forefront. Um, the third thing I would say is, um, Create a coaching culture. Ensure that the environment has a coaching culture where you guys can talk about what's happening and then also help the employee and the organization come up with strategies to prepare for those things. Because oftentimes that's where that fear comes in, you know, Christopher, is when you don't know, you have a sense of certain things, but you don't know. And what do we do? We just don't move to it, right? We won't move to it. 
Is there anything else you'd add to that list? I think, Kyle, again, and we've talked about this, we're, we're kind of on this theme right now. I think individuals need to check in with what they really need. I think you have to ask yourself, what do I need? And start communicating from a place of needs. Um, you know, recognizing that not all needs are met all the time. Um, but but I, I do think that there's some room for innovation here. And it'll be different for everyone. Where, there, where companies are going to go wrong is they're going to try and standardize it. And they're going to say, okay, everybody gets this much. And it's like, but that doesn't work for everybody in everybody's role. Some people need yeah. to be more in the office. Some need to be less in the office. And so actually what they should do is provide guidelines and allow individual leaders to have those discussions with their teams. Yeah. Sometimes that whole piece around, if I do it for you, I have to do it for everyone. And that's such a limiting factor because, it, you know, I remember when I was in an organization where they did the scheduling and they had to rotate the shifts and it was shift work and they had to rotate the shift because they want to make sure you got X amount of nights, X amount, X amount of mid shift, X amount of morning shift. And as soon as that schedule comes out, Christopher, those people who want nights, were getting it from the other people who had the nights. Those people who want mornings, were getting it. And I'm like, why do you not just schedule the people who want the nights, nights? Why don't you just schedule the people who wants the morning, morning? Because they want to be fair. They want to make sure there's, if the role doesn't require that type of diversifying, then what's the point? Because if the role is, we need a body in the role, then it doesn't matter. Or if someone is not performing a certain level, they want mornings, mm -hmm. but they're not performing a certain level, then have that coaching mm -hmm. culture with them. Create an environment where you could say, hey, if you want to stay on this shift, this is the expectation, these are deliverables. I, I agree with you. I think the phrase, if I have to do it I for you, I have to do it for everybody is an excuse. Absolutely. It's an excuse to that lacks innovation. There's so much technology out there. Like, like there's this uh, calendar app. I don't know what it is, but where it's like, if you and me and five other people are trying to find a time that we can get together, somebody proposes an initial schedule and then everybody goes in and fills in what they want. And so literally it's just like, okay, here's where we, here's where we match this. You right. know, there's two spots that we match mm -hmm. those kinds of innovations. I look at retail work too. And it's like, well, it's this and this and this. And it's like, it's like, Post the shifts up, put limitations if this person's part-time or full-time and let them right. choose, let them trade amongst themselves, mm -hmm. uninvolved management and a scheduler. And mm -hmm. if shifts aren't covered, that's when you go in and start assigning uh, people. Why is it so complicated? This is it. And they do, they do this with like retail work too. It's so not responsive because the schedules only come out usually one or two weeks in advance. And I'm like, mm -hmm. but using this technology, you could have people choose their own stuff for like four months in advance. And then of course your, your scheduler would have to have, you know, the opportunity to say, Hey, we're going to be overstaffed here. So I've got to take one person mm -hmm. off. I'll take this person or, or, you know, like I need an extra person here. Cause nobody took that shift. You don't know. You don't know if somebody wants to work the late, it's like, just because mm -hmm. your bias says I want the early shift so I can leave at 3 PM doesn't mean that that's what everybody else wants and Absolutely. allowing people to set their own office hours. Same thing. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe you say, okay, there is a mandatory team meeting at this stage and that's your privilege mm -hmm. as a leader because leadership does come with privileges. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's going to be on this date and time because that's what works best for me. You have to be there. But outside of that, why, why can't, we've got one worker right now, Kyle, she, um, she has been working sometimes at nine and 10 PM after her kid has gone to bed. And it's like, that's when she's at her best. Why not? 
And leaders, you have to step into having different performance conversation instead of the appearance of you trying to manage it. I, it was a previous world. I remember one guy wanted, he, he was the manager on shift and he always wanted them to manage a shift that was early on in the day. But here's the thing, it's because he wanted to do exactly what you just said. He wanted to leave early, but he's not awake in the morning. He struggled to actually show up on time and do what is, has to happen. And so the general manager at the time would not schedule him the morning shifts and told him, you know, I were trying to rotate it and blah, blah, blah. And he got frustrated. And when I actually took over, I just said, the reason why you're not getting the morning shifts because you're not awake, you're not delivering, you're not doing these things. And here was the challenge. I was the first person who told him that. All other GMs and senior leaders before me had the same issue with him, but no one told him. So don't you think he thinks now I have the problem? I'm the one who has a problem with him. And so I had to apologize to him and said, I'm sorry that these other people didn't tell you, but I am telling you. You tell me, you're you're hardly awake. You spend more time in the in the morning in the office. You're not actually at the front line supporting your people because you you were tired. You go to bed at midnight, but you're supposed to show up here at you know six, seven o'clock in the morning. So leaders, step excuse me, step into that. Step into that. If it's a performance issue with an individual, make it about the individual and stop creating processes that you're trying to hide behind because you're being yeah. fair. Yeah, right? That's agree. probably the worst thing you could do is to treat everyone the same who should be treated differently. I know we focus so much on like corporate culture, but I actually think that we should be focusing on team culture. I think team culture Absolutely. is way more beneficial. Let each team determine. You cannot have a consistent corporate culture across the board with 5,000 or 10,000 or 30,000 employees. You cannot. Yeah. I would allow teams to develop their cultures and then Absolutely. just ensure that the deliverables and accountabilities are there. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally agree. We need to do more for authentic human connections. And I think maybe that is the imperfect inspired action this week is that, you know, what can somebody do in workplace or at home to create a more authentic human connection? It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love inspired action, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Using Zoom is exhausting. Just because you could see somebody visually doesn't mean you connect.